so many of us are again focused on like that end goal as opposed to like focused on the magic that's happening like today i was in pain but two weeks later i'm like not in pain that's huge freaking amazing steps forward let's keep going don't just jump now to your single leg squat let's now you know even if you were doing single leg squats two months ago two weeks ago it doesn't matter like start where you are now build a new canvas from here Welcome to the One Strong Mama podcast, the no BS show that's not afraid to get real about all things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. We're talking with visionaries who are challenging the status quo and changing the world one pregnancy and one birth at a time. I'm Lindsay McCoy, mama four, exercise physiologist, doula, and childbirth educator. My passion is making pregnancy, childbirth, and recovery better. And I'm also passionate about coconut LaCroix. And I'm Lauren O'Hayan, a mom of three girls, lover of all things tropical. I have never had coconut LaCroix, and I am known for my work with the core and pelvic floor. Hey, everyone. I am Lindsay McCoy. I am joined with my partner in crime, Lauren. And we're going to be talking about one that's been coming up a lot with our group and all over lately, and it is pelvic girdle pain. So Lauren, another word for that is SPD, SPD or SIJ pain, right? Can you talk about us? Like what is pelvic girdle pain? Where do you feel the pain? Like, what is it? So what I've come across is that when people refer to pelvic girdle pain, PGP, they're really referring to SPD in the front, the pain that you get in the front of your um, pelvis. And then SIJ, I don't really hear people refer to it as PGP. Do you? I don't know. I think pelvic girdle is just like anywhere in the pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. In England, they don't really say in the UK, I think they don't say SPD. They say PGP, Mm. which means the back. And so that's referring to pain that you get in your booty at the sacroiliac joint. And you feel the pain kind of in one butt cheek. Whereas with SPD, you can, you get, you feel the pain in your, um, in the front, it feels very unstable. Uh, the pelvis can feel very unstable with SPD. Whereas with SIJ, I feel like the pelvis just like the butt hurts, like it just movements hurt. Yeah. But, um, and so both of these are very, very common in pregnancy. (laughs) Uh, we get emails and messages about them all day long. So that's kind of what they are, the discomfort and pain and lack of mobility as a result due to this kind of, um, yeah, pers- like kind of pain, discomfort. Yeah. So like, why, why do people get it more during pregnancy? Like you, you know, you can be, and, and even sometimes people will no longer be pregnant and instantly feel better and not always, but is, what is it about pregnancy? I want to hear what you, what your take is. Yeah. The thing about pregnancy is that there's like an insane, amazing cocktail of hormones. Like the changes are insane from, from, from your blood flow, like just on multiple chemical like ways, like physiological and chemical. And there are just so many changes that happen very, very early on. So you might not look pregnant, but that pregnancy is taking a huge heavy toll, especially right at the beginning, right? There's just this, which is where, uh, nausea and all of those Mm -hmm. ailments, what do we call them? Symptoms, ailments, pregnancy things. Um, (laughs) and so 
people are often like, I don't even have a belly yet. Why am I in so much pain? Assuming that it's about the weight of the baby. And it's not, there's this entire shift happening. The body is preparing for this, for this whole event. And a lot of that groundwork is laid in the first few months. So I don't think the jury is out on what causes it. I think that a research project like that would probably be super expensive and costly. I feel like there's nobody's interested in it. No, I feel like there's a million, but there's just, there's a lot of research on pelvic girdle pain, but there's just like so many mechanisms. And I feel like it's different for everyone. I think pain science is fascinating. I think you get into pain. It's, it's, it's not always found to be biomechanically based, right? Yeah. And sometimes it is. Like, totally. so it's like, it's a yeah, really and I think thing. that like the jury's out and I'm happy. Like when clients come to me and they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm very comfortable <laughs> with the three words. I don't know because yeah. there is a lot that I do know. And I am, I feel really great at helping people through SPD and SIJ that I don't need to know why is this happening necessarily right because i also have found that the method that we use and that i use a lot of my clients who've had spd with a prior pregnancy won't have it subsequently with the work that we do some will and that goes mm-hmm. back to like there's just some stuff you can't control and there's the yeah. hormonal thing and you know so do what you can and like yeah do the best that you can so it's hard to know why spd happens but um so, but what I want to know is like, what do you do? You said you uh-huh. work with people and they don't get it or they get it less. And you know, we know we have that a lot in OSM too. I want to know mm-hmm. like, what, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, so the thing about any sort of a injury, pain, anything is there's multiple layers of what do you do, but mm-hmm. ultimately what you're trying to do is not only strengthen the body in the moment to help the pain disappear, go away, get better. I don't like talking about pain, the discomfort of it all, Mm -hmm. the injury, but then there's also how do you build tolerance and endurance for the future? Right. Right. So somebody can go through my, let's say OSM is not a great example for this only because it's a prenatal program, Mm -hmm. but a postnatal program, someone could go through restore your core and rehab their diastasis. And then this just happened this week in the group. And then this woman had done RYC religiously, had closed her diastasis and then decided it was time to go back to work. Hasn't worked in a very long time as a massage therapist due to COVID mm. and having a baby and wanting to heal her body. And yeah. like mas- one week of massaging her diastasis opened back up and she was like, WTF. I closed my diastasis. Like what gives like t- explain to me, like, how is this happening to my body? So much devastation and frustration over that. Yeah. And, and so the explanation is like, well, what have you been doing? Yeah. You did RYC, but RYC is not standing up and massaging someone's like it's preparing your core. It, it's definitely giving you so many tools that you need, but you need to train to task. Yes. Like running a mile a day does not prepare you for a marathon later. And yes, like if you, you need to train a very specific way and you need to like think about, so if, if your job requires a lot of manual labor, moving around chiropractic work, even physical therapy, massage therapy, you're using your, like lying on your back and doing leg raises, which is not what ROAC is. <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Doesn't prepare you for the very active now going out and lifting up like 
you know, a, a human leg and, and, and maneuvering it from left <laughs> to right and north to south. So there are things you need to think about, like the kind of the, the, the timeline, but not really a timeline, like the steps that you would take to get you, your body to understand, like, how do I translate my support system into the running of 25 miles and running a mile a week doesn't translate to that. So sometimes a lot of times with my clients who have an SPD, like, it's like, okay, tell me what your goals are. Like, what are you trying to do in a year from now? And then based yeah. on that, we build a really comprehensive training program. So if you're buying RYC, it's great. And it's going to give you so much, but then you're going to need something to bridge you. If you're doing something like massage therapy or, yeah. you know, that's just like, not just da- the acts of daily living that we do. I work out, I take care of my kids, I drive my kids to school. Da, da, da. Like if you're doing something super physical with your body, you need to train for that. And so the same thing with SPD a lot of what we do to heal an SPD is very, very limited range of motion. And a lot of people go from that limited range of motion, like squeezing a ball, like, right. Sure. Like if you have an SPD yeah. and you do all this work, you squeeze the ball, release the ball, squeeze the ball, release the ball, clams, like clam, clam, clam all day long. Okay. Well now I need to get out of my car and that requires one leg moving really far away from my body. Yeah. What training have I done for my body for that? And for a lot of people, it's like, Oh, none. Okay. So do you, so question with that. So do you think with the, the car opening thing, I want to hear what you think about this. Do you think, and I, I, I kind of have both sides that I think, so I want to hear what you say. Do you think people when they're have pelvic girdle pain should always keep their legs together and never open them. Like, like the, there's a lot of fear when mm-hmm. you have pain in spreading your legs at all. Yeah. But then my other thought is like, and I do tell people like to get out of that acute pain issue or cycle, I don't know you call it like that acute pain thing. You should probably modify, you know, keep your knees together more, like pivot with your knees together to get out of the car. However, walking is a single legged move, like walking, like there are things you need to do in life. You can't just keep your knees together for the rest of your life. So like my thought is like, it's a balance between modifying, but also like you said, building tolerance. And it's all about where you are in, like, if you're in an acute stage of SPD, I am not worrying about you getting out of the car well with your legs spread apart. Right, right. I'm worrying about you having a good night's sleep. I'm worrying about you getting out of the car, period. I'm worrying about you getting out of bed. I'm having you wear like a belt to keep your pelvis together. Right, yeah. You know, I, we have to be intelligent about these things just because we want our bodies, our clients' bodies to be able to tolerate variety of movement doesn't mean that... <laughs> having them do a variety of movement is going to do that. You train for that. So what I do is I like to break down again, it just depends on where we are in the healing process. Um, and what are the goals right now? Generally speaking, when someone is in a pregnancy, I'm not doing a ton to train their bodies, to open their legs. I'm seeing where they're at with it. So let's say I have a client and she's acute SPD. Mm -hmm. Her main goal is to just have a good fricking night's sleep. I am focusing on all the things I just talked about, this legs squeezing together, blah, blah, blah. However, generally speaking, a few weeks into that, we're seeing a change. A few weeks, three weeks, four weeks, depends. 
and the person is feeling more confident. There's also a big placebo effect happening, right? Like they are doing things that make them feel better. It's giving them more trust in their body. The more sure. trust they have in their body, the less they're gripping and bracing their body for everything they do. The less they grip and brace, the more trust they have that they're healing. The more they think they're healing, the more they are healing. So it's, you know, we have yeah. to create that trust. We have to create that sense of safety. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more. So there's definitely a psychological component to pain. And expecting pain. That's not to say like, and that's not to say like, it's all in your head. No. It's just saying that I get it. I had my fourth pregnancy and I felt, first of all, I felt I'm the one, I remember telling my husband, I'm the one who just people this shit. Why do I have this issue? Like I shouldn't have this issue. I'm the like well-aligned mama aligned. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no. I also live in this world and I'm an imperfect person and shit happens. No, you're perfect. (laughs) My body is perfectly aligned. You're perfectly asymmetric. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's so good just to be a human and (laughs) to be let off. None of us are perfect. And also don't blame yourself. I think we get in this, like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That can get us in this weird loop. Yes. So once my clients feel safe, and they're no longer expecting pain. That's what I want first. I want mm-hmm. them to be in a space where they're like, okay, I can see the light. Like I can see some light. Then I'm starting to think about very, very slowly, gently, what are the moves that they can do to start to make their body feel safe? Like with their legs a little bit further apart. Mm-hmm. And it might be that we're doing that lying on the ground. So I'm saying, what's a move that normally causes you pain? Oh, like opening my legs to get out of the car. Great. We're taking that move down and we're thinking about the components that are required and we're having them do it in ranges that feel safe and we're training them there. So let's say I might have a client sit in a chair, right? And I might Mm -hmm. have that client then like, like show me which range is not safe. Maybe use your arm and show me how far the angle. Okay. We're not going to go to that angle. Like, can you take your leg now to just like five degrees away from that where, like where you started? Yes. Mm -hmm. Great. Can you now do that with some resistance? I'm going to put my hand here. Can you kind of lift your leg against resistance? Great. Or put a band around them, but a very, very stretchy band, mm-hmm. barely any resistance if we're not meeting in person and like continue to train the ranges away. And the same thing with walking, right? Like, can you, so like, if we think about the components that make up a walk, you can do a lot of walking without going anywhere. You can walk in place. You can raise one heel up and you can drop one knee down. You can do that in a split stance. You can do moves in a lunge. I think the thing is that people are like, I can't lunge. And I'm like, okay, show me your lunge. And they drop into like this big, deep, huge lunge. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you actually can lunge. If we redefine the word lunge, like, yeah, I think if you Google it, yeah, I think if you Google it, it's don't do anything single-legged don't Correct. lunge and, Correct. and like, and I will recommend those things too, but also people are so scared that they won't do anything. They have to modify everything. And yes, right. some people might, is it like, would you say it's like a range? Some people maybe can't, totally. some people can, that's totally. why we can't really say like, this is the exact modification for you. 
someone who we've never met or been with. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the thing is that it's so easy to get so afraid by what you read and what you hear. And then like you said, we build up a lot of expectation for pain. Um, I, I was talking to somebody the other day who was like, yeah, I had SPD my whole first pregnancy. It was awful. And the second I gave birth, it went away. So I'm just assuming it'll be the same this time. I'm just like wearing a belt and going about my day. Great. If that works for you, great. But like, you also don't need to expect cause she's pregnant for the second time. Yeah. You know, I, I like, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to, uh, you don't have to have that approach. Like this person specifically wanted that approach, but like, you don't have to, like, it, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, black or white, like yeah. success failure. There's like a spectrum of things we can do. And we can also like, if you know, you're getting pregnant, we can also check out what are some patterns in your body that might contribute to an SPD, right. SIJ. So I see a lot of people who come into this pregnancy, their pregnancies with, um, pelvic instability to begin with lack of mobility, lack of kind of, and I don't mean flexibility, let's not confuse, (laughs) but like lack of control of their pelvis, like they don't control over their pelvis, their pelvis doesn't move in a lot of ranges with control. They're not able to control, you know, so and then we're adding the, the hormones and the, you know, whatever, um, the, the extra weight and, and then it's, yeah, I mean, so it's there's like, a lot that goes into it. Yeah. It's not very black and white. It's often treated very like, and people feel freaked by it, but there's a lot of kind of to consider with it. So I'd like to help people prepare for their pregnancy also. Yes with all the things we do in OSM and body ready method and like preparing the body and the pelvic mobility and the core stability core, listen, your rectus abdominis, your six pack muscle attaches right there at your pubic. Like it's right there. Right. And it's, Oh yeah. The core is a huge component and it's attaching right there in the front of your pelvis. So imagine that the front of your pelvis, I was just talking to a trainer at the gym and he was like, yeah, my client who has a diastasis, he was like, I just need advice. My client has diastasis. And, you know, um, I keep telling her that all she needs to do is like shorten and tighten her front wall. So I want her doing a lot of like tucking, like tuck her pelvis and pull. And I was like, well, you're right that that movement is going to tighten the core wall. However, it's also going to lock down the pelvis, limit mobility and lock down her abdominal wall. What happens when you add load to it? Her abdominal wall is just going to you know, not know how to support that load. And you're now creating a very immobile pelvis. So, you know, if your pelvis isn't very mobile to begin with, and now we add a pregnancy to it, um, you know, who knows? I never say like for trouble. Yeah. Pregnancy is the great revealer of our shit. (laughs) We all have stuff. All of us add strap a strap, a big weight to your front and see how it magnifies stuff. (laughs) Yes. So it's hard. It's tricky. Yes. Do you ever PS, do you ever like, I do not want anyone to know who I am when I'm at the gym. And I always laugh. Cause you're, I'm like, is Lauren just like helping all the trainers at the gym? Yes. Like, thought, you know, I, I, I keep it a secret from, for a long time. Yeah. And then, um, and then the cat gets out of the bag. And so now a lot of the trainers have been asking me lately for a lot of advice and help and this, and I have this today. I helped my beloved trainer through her SI joint pain and uh, a lot of so nice. reveals, I love but it. 
Yeah. It's nice. You know, I love training trainers. It's what we do with body method. And I I love training trainers because they're the ones on the ground, really able to impact more, so many people within person kind of, right. I know we need, we need to be very generous with this information because like we can't reach everyone and we just want everyone to be treated better. Right. So I feel like we've yeah. gotten to some good stuff. Do you have yeah. any, this- like some, let's say like Jill, Jill, I can't think of a fake last name on the Apple. spot. Jill Apple. <laughs> she is 28 weeks pregnant and she is struggling with pain. Like, what do you say to Jill? So let's, con- let's get this under control. Right. Like she might want to like be working out and running and all that good stuff. Let's control this first. Right. So every um, let's start with like two weeks of dedicated four days a week, SPD workouts only. That's it. Okay. For two weeks and then come back and talk to me if it's under control by then we start adding on, like now you can do some of like a more varied workout, like OSM type workouts, workouts that I know have a goal in mind, workouts that, you know, are designed to like designed for function, designed for like stacking the body in the right way. So, but let's, let's make sure that every move that you're doing is considered and we know what the modification is and we know what the progression might be. So let's say in OSM, we do some single leg squats, right? Like we've got one leg on the ground and the other, like somewhat off the ground, not totally, but we're trying to do more loading for one leg. She, Jill's not going to be doing that move for maybe three or four months. She might even three months, right? So towards the end of her pregnancy, I will have my pregnant people doing suddenly way more advanced moves because they've gotten there even with an SPD. So like we're, but like what I see a lot of people want is they want to go to that single leg squat first. They don't want to take the time to train for that single leg squat, which might mean that it takes us three months of like whittling it down and whittling it down. And we're not making it less effective. We're not making it less hard. We're making it more manageable for your body. Yeah, We're just making it. So you succeed. We want you to succeed again and again and again. So we might end up even at week 38 in a single legged squat with like the SPD under control, but there are ways to like, you start with both feet on the floor, then you take the leg back an inch, then you play around with like weight shifting while holding onto a chair or a wall. Like part of it is training your nervous system that you are safe there. So it doesn't freak out. Like it's training the muscles, but it's training the nervous system. And that's what is like endurance and tolerance training is all about. So that's where I would start. Like we'll start very minimal, very minimal and move on from there based on how things are progressing. And we're not looking for progress. We're looking for process. Hmm. Right. So, so many of us are again, focused on like that end goal, as opposed to like focused on the magic that's happening. Like today I was in pain, but two weeks later, I'm like not in pain. That's huge, freaking amazing steps forward. Let's keep going. Don't just jump now to your single leg squat. Yeah. Let's now, you know, even if you were doing single leg squats two months ago, two weeks ago, it doesn't matter. Like start where you are now, build a new canvas from here. So I think, yeah, I think it's a mind game. Cause I think I, I, I will get people who are like, but I want to do all the open leg stuff. I'm worried my birth is going to be hard because I'm not doing all of that stuff. Well, your birth's going like, to be oh. hard when you're like hobbling in and you can't walk into your birth because you've been pushing your body in ways that you yeah. before. Yeah. And I will say like, there. there's and so you much you can do, yeah. right? No, right. I agree. There's so much you can do 
that doesn't involve like, cause, cause what you see in like a yoga class often is like deep, deep hip openers, right? Like the half pigeon, pose. everything's spread open. And that's not what we believe is the way to open your pelvis in quotation marks anyway. Oh, so you like, completely prepare your pelvis for birth while having like the most debilitating SPD because you don't have to actually do big, huge, stretchy movements to prepare your body for birth. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point, Lindsay. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you thank for having you me on your show. Yeah. I would love to have you as a guest on my yeah. podcast. <laughs> you, so thank you so much for and having everyone, me. And everyone, and yes, sorry, Lauren, I'm like talking over you. And everyone who's listening, if you want more me and Lauren talks, send us, DM us, whatever, email us and tell us what topics you want to hear from us. We're here Absolutely. to serve. Absolutely. If it involves, no, I'm not going to say what it, <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> If it's naughty, we want to talk about it. Oh yeah, we got to do No question is too PG for us. So shoot us your questions. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you, everybody. Bye everyone. Thank you all for listening to the One Strong Mama podcast for birth professionals. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and a review. We really do appreciate all of the support. If you are a birth worker with an inspiring client or if you have a birth pro in mind that we should definitely chat with, please email us at podcast at onestrongmama.com. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at onestrongmamaprenatal for tips for all stages of pregnancy. And definitely join in on the discussion in the One Strong Mama Facebook community group. See you here next time. This episode is brought to you by the One Strong Mama program, the game-changing prenatal and postnatal program that prepares the body for pregnancy, birth, and beyond, based on the Body Ready Method, teaching birth and fitness pros how to assess and train prenatal clients. Go to onestrongmama.com to learn more.